Hello and welcome back to the True Crime Guys podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Michael. Well, we're back. Yeah, we're, we're back. We're still alive and we're not sick with the coronavirus. Hey, you know what? If, if One industry that's going to do just fine is podcasting. You can do it from the safety of your own home and a lot of people have a lot of time on their hands suddenly. Like a lot that's of plans right. are canceled. They, they were going to go to this sporting event or this concert or whatever it is. And now yeah. they got a lot of time to sit around listening to our ass, you know. Bullshit, that's right. So. Meanwhile... Podcasting is thriving. We're if, happy if with it. If ever there was a day where I was like, we have to get an episode out this week, it's it's this week. Just because, just out of out of uh, respect to our listeners that that need something to listen to and they need to be lifted, lifted That's up. Right. You know? they, they can cuddle up with their toilet paper and listen to podcasts. <laughs> Make right? a big house <laughs> out of toilet paper <laughs> inside their house. Whatever you people are doing with all this toilet paper, you what know, is going on? Dude? I don't know if I told this story, but my my buddy Dustin and I, when we were teenagers, you know, you just look for stupid shit to do sometimes during yeah. summer break or whatever. When you, you got so much time on your hands back then, one of the right. things we liked to do was was mess with people at the grocery store. We would actually go ride our bikes down there, and we would go to the toilet paper aisle, and we would take like a bunch of it out of the shelf. When this was a day when you had toilet paper on the shelf, so, you know, we'll get to that right, in a minute. Right. But uh, right. we'd take it out and we would lay in the shelf and then we would stack it back up perfectly like like <laughs> look normal. And then when people were walking down the aisle talking or whatever, we'd be like just kind of saying shit to them. <laughs> kind of yeah. creep them out. <laughs> <laughs> we called it TP Island. That's great. <laughs> TP Island. Yeah. That's awesome. Right. Dude, that's yeah. I've never heard that before. I used to hide in the clothes racks, you know. But I think this is like pre TikTok and all that shit. Like we could have probably gotten famous off doing some shit like that back then. But back then it was just for our own entertainment. That's right. You know, people think kids are crazy nowadays. They're really not. Here's the thing. It's like even these kids who are eating Tide Pods and all this shit, they're doing it because they have an audience. Yeah. Think about all the stupid shit you did as a kid because you had an audience. Do you remember the cinnamon challenge? Did you ever do the cinnamon challenge? Uh. I didn't. I took a little bit of cinnamon to see how it. I, I couldn't swallow that shit though. Dude, that was horrible. It was like dangerous. Yeah, I, I, dangerous. I spit it out. I was I, like, no. Nah, we had I'm some bets this. with friends, and man, yeah, they 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 were. Everyone that tried it regretted it. Like a tea, yeah, I just didn't believe it. Do not try it. No, it, you can't get that shit down. Yeah, I don't but, know what it is. I I just didn't believe it. I was like, the physics don't make sense. I love cinnamon. This is going to be easy. But I'll never forget but, though that just real quick on the TP thing, the island. Uh, the last time we did it, my buddy Dustin, uh, he got caught or whatever, and he like jumped out, like all the toilet paper went flying everywhere, and took off running out the store. And I'll never forget, I was still in mine, and the like the store, the workers there, like the manager of the store, or whatever, was like picking the shit up and talking shit, like these fucking kids, blah blah. blah and I'm still sitting in mine. mine. <laughs> He's just like, don't move, don't move. Right? Yeah. And so they didn't like, find you, did they? You just waited. Well, he it went out. to the end of the aisle to talk to one of the other employees or whatever, probably to tell him to go fix it or whatever. And I jumped out and I saw my window of opportunity and sprinted out of there. That'd be funny if you just busted out a whole other section and threw it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. But toilet paper, man. We were talking a little bit before the show about like it's just so random that that was everyone's highest priority right now during the coronavirus. Uh, hopefully everybody's safe, yeah. and if you're affected by it, man, I definitely feel for you. It's it's a I don't crazy get it. I time. Guess people this are... shit happens so fast. Yeah, but I don't know, man. It just it seems like it's being blown way out of proportion right now, is it not? With this, I mean, I was looking at the map, and yeah, there's people with it all over the U.S., but I was looking, it's like North Carolina has like 11 to 20 cases. Yeah, but if you're not careful, that can, I mean, ca- ex- that can grow exponentially. It can spread like it's, it's 
from what from my understanding it's pretty much airborne like droplets so it can it just being in someone's mm-hmm. presence can you can get it so if you're it, it is smart i think to minimize social gatherings and and anywhere where there's group of like i'm probably i really have to consider right now whether i want to continue to go to jujitsu for the time being until we see where we're at with this because mm. it's just that's yeah. seems like a hotbed you that's know? super hands-on dude I yeah mean, that's a breeding ground for bacteria and, mm-hmm. yeah i mean I, I know my coach is very clean and he cleans you know the mats multiple times per oh, day i'm sure and he does that. and, right. and everywhere is going to be even cleaner right now during this time but at the same time like you do it's why take risks you know until we see where because it is the cases you say they were only what 11 in north carolina or whatever what was it a week before that probably none or one you know i have no idea i I just checked it yesterday just out of curiosity because they shut down schools yesterday they called us and they said they're shutting down schools for two weeks i was like you got to be kidding me yeah well i think we're, we're at a point too where companies and school districts and whatnot they don't want to be the one that's that's like no we'll be fine and then what happens you know, they're putting a big liability right. on themselves as a business. And also, like, they don't want to be the asshole that stuck it out and all of a sudden, like, someone died because of it, you know? Exactly. There, Yeah, there's no – I see what you're saying. The risk is just too high to be yeah. that one business or be that one entity. There was but still, a, guy a lot from, of the local government stuff is still trucking around here. I mean, they're not, right. they're not stopping. The city employees, municipalities, mm-hmm. things like that, they're still moving around. Right. They're still working, so the, there was a guy from the CDC on Joe Rogan, and he—I he, don't know if you listened to that, but he—he he, he kind of freaked me out a little bit. I recommend, it. and that's what he does. You know, he studies this stuff, and uh, he was saying it, it, it's—we're in for a few months of this, and it's pretty serious. So, a few months, huh? Yeah, and look at what it's already mm. done to our to our economy. Yeah. So, that's the yeah, scary the part. Honestly, I feel hit. like a lot of times it's not so much what. The problem is it's how everyone reacts to the problem that is the danger, and that's what we're seeing. It could get – I mean, the yeah. stores on, on the shelves uh, in Vegas are completely wiped. Uh, every grocery store, you can't get your hands on any TP. No TP islands being being done by teenagers right now. No, no, no. It's just teenagers sleeping in the shelves. It's just yeah. – it's weird. My <laughs> wife and I just ordered a bunch of powdered milk just in case we couldn't get our hands on any milk, fresh milk from the store because our kids go through milk like crazy. So right. Just trying to be proactive because pretty soon, you know, online shelves might be empty as well as far as food. Because all it takes is a few rich people to just fill up their basement full of dried goods and stuff, and then everybody else can't get any. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, dude, I I've actually found out about this whole TP uh, scare while I was buying toilet paper the other day. Yeah, <clears throat> in a in a weird way, I, I I guess I was out of the loop. Uh, but I was like, I was at Walmart, and. I always go in there and I just buy the Angel Soft toilet paper, right? Because it's mm. it's always the cheapest. Yeah. So I buy like the biggest pack of Mega Rolls or whatever. Cause I got three kids; they go through toilet paper like animals. Right. So, and not to mention we clean up after our animals with it too sometimes. So you know, it's just <laughs> it's a mess. And uh, so I grab this big this big uh, bag of it or whatever, and I'm walking out, and this lady, she's <laughs> she's from the Northeast, no joke. It just happens to be my favorite accent to do, but. Mm. She really was from the Northeast, seriously. I don't know where she was from, but she definitely had that accent. And she was yeah. like, can't have too much toilet paper, huh? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, um, I guess not. I was like, I just need this much. You know, I got three kids. And she said, oh, you might want to get another pack. And I was like, no, nah, this will be good for a while. I was like, this will probably do us for about, you know, a few weeks. She's she looking at like, you like, have you not watched the news at all? Yeah, she's she's standing there with like, she's got a buggy full of toilet paper, right? And then she's got two more in her hands and she's like comparing prices. And I'm and I'm going, what do you mean? And she said, the coronavirus, you better get your toilet paper. 
And I just didn't know what to say because <laughs> I, I literally had not seen that. I hadn't seen anything about this on the news. I don't watch the news. You did not even realize the it. gold that you had in your hands and that there was more on not. the shelves yet to be had. And you were just I'm holding walk 24, away from it. I'm holding 24 mega rolls of gold right here. Right. And I don't even know. And, there was and there's more on the shelf right over there. And here's your chance to get it. And you didn't realize it. And this, this nice lady know. from the Northeast is letting you know, man, get a hold of it because this yeah. shit. Right. And I'm like, eh. I just walked out with the one pack. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Try and go back now, see what happens. (laughs) Dude, I don't know. We went grocery shopping yesterday. My wife's actually at the store right now. This is Sunday, by the uh, way, if you're you're, wondering when we're recording. it's Sunday. and um, Sunday, March 15th, we're recording this. Yeah, we haven't had that whole scare of all of our uh, grocery stores getting empty or nothing like that yet. Oh, it's fucking chaos sure in Vegas. I can't understand how Dude, it's not like that over there. It's it's absolute chaos. Like all the local you news stations are that- at the grocery stores and it's just wiped. Yeah, you wiped. told me that. And then um, some of my other friends from Vegas have sent me Snapchats and stuff and been like, check this out. <laughs> there's no meat. <laughs> like there's no meat. There's no toilet paper. There's no bread. I'm like, what the hell? Right. It's just, I, I, I mean, still, I figured I, Vegas would get hit hard. Still, the toilet paper thing blows my mind, how that was like the first thing to be, everyone was just trying to get their hands on toilet paper. I get it, you're going to yeah. be indoors more and whatnot, but man, like, I just yeah, feel like but, food, I, I guess, food maybe would be a little more important than, uh, right. you know, you could always get I a, guess, a bidet or you could jump in the shower if it comes down to it. That's gross, but at the same right. time, like, life or death, toilet yeah. paper versus uh, substance, you know, sustenance. Yeah. I don't know. I guess people are using them to also like blow their nose on and stuff. I guess they got rolls of it all over the place. I, I don't know. I, I mean, why aren't they buying Kleenexes? Why can't we buy Kleenexes? Kleenexes no, those, that's can also gone wipe too. your ass. That's gone too. Oh, really? Some people were saying oh, toilet damn. paper. These they, some people were be like these soft ass people. Like there's millions of rolls of toilet of uh, paper towels sitting here, but you you know your your tushy's too yeah. soft to to deal with that. Right. Don't flush it down the drain though. I mean, don't flush it down the toilet. It's the paper towels. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be in. You'll be having a problem. But you can still wipe your ass with paper towels. So right. I've done it in a pinch. Yeah, oh, definitely, man. Do. It really, it really kind of gets everything good too. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's funny, right? I feel like a, I feel like a you know a damp paper towel may be the best way to go, honestly. Yeah. But my butthole's hardened though. You know, it's like he's got the he's have that <laughs> Carl Panzeran voice. Yeah. He's over plenty plenty Eastwood. You feel lucky, punk. <laughs> you don't know what I've seen. That's right. Uh, <laughs> wiped my ass with two twenty grit sandpaper before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I, my butthole was ready for this it. pandemic, you know. So uh, uh, uh. that's just me, though. So, but yeah, man, we'll I don't be know good, this... man. First world countries panic over some dumb shit. Yeah, we do. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, but I also like. I think it is smart to play it safe. So we'll see where this goes, man. By next week, who knows what the hell we're going to be looking at? Because this shit progressed so fast. It's like Thursday. Mm-hmm. Thursday through most of the day, things were pretty normal. Like, you know, like obviously the major news stations, like they, they were kind of eating up the the coronavirus thing. They were talking about it and whatnot. But like there was no, you couldn't really tell from a street level that anything had changed. But by Thursday yeah. night slash Friday, Friday was when it really, everything changed. But I remember I went to right. class, I went to jiu-jitsu class Thursday evening. And, and when class ended, someone was looking at their phone and like, NBA season's canceled. We were just like, what? Like that... It, no one was taking the coronavirus all that seriously until that happened. It seemed like that was the thing that set everything off. And then it was like by the next day, other major sporting, you know, organizations like the NHL and stuff started closing. It was just like everything, boom, 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 one after another, everything was closing. And then all yeah. of a sudden, Tom Hanks has it, you know, a guy that survived multiple wars, Vietnam, World War II. You know, 
he's got it. You're like, dang, this is serious. Yeah, it does seem strange. But do you know anyone personally who has it? No. That I know, you know of. I That's the thing is that it can be an incubation for days. You can you can have it, you can carry yeah. it around for days feeling normal before the symptoms kick in. And then also some people's symptoms are some people feel it worse. Apparently kids, that's the one good thing about it is it seems as though kids, it doesn't really affect them much. Like they, can, they can have it and they don't even know. They just feel normal. Um, and then some people, mm-hmm. they get it and they, they're on the verge of death or they die. You know, And then other people, they have it and they feel kind of crappy. It seems like it really it's dependent on your immune system, obviously. So, Yeah. Take care of yourself, people. Hydrate. Yeah. Stay up on your vitamin C. Stay away from crowds. Shit like that. Stay away no, from not crowds. Not that there's many places to go to be around crowds at this point. Everything's been canceled, so. I had tickets yeah, to the Golden true. Knights next week, and who knows what's going to happen with those? Oh, you're probably not. You're not going to get to go, are you? It's suspended I think it's for. Be, I think they told us to hold on to our tickets, and I think it'll be that game will be played at a later date. Hopefully, if the world doesn't end. Ah, right, right. <laughs> if the world doesn't end, yeah. Right. If this isn't the zombie virus, yeah. <clears throat> well, should we? Right. Uh, this is one of our longest intros since the early days. Yeah, really. But, but I mean, it's relevant information, man. It is it's stuff we need to get off our chest. It's strange times. So it is had indeed. to be discussed. But should we dive into the Hex House? Uh, we had a great suggestion from a listener. Let me pull it up. Um, let's see. Yeah, this is very interesting in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Maddie Hofstrom. Dude, Maddie said, Hofstrom. Uh, yes. Said, boys, I will find a local case. I will find a local case that will tickle your fancy. Have you heard of the Hex House? It's uh, warped by ur- urban legend, but has lots of truth. Heck, it's been turned into a local large-scale Halloween haunted house. And the antagonist mm-hmm. is a middle-aged woman, too. So we, uh, we decided to pick this case for this week. It's a, it's a, fun, little, it's a fun little case. Yeah, kind of Dorothy Puente-ish. Yeah, you will. a little bit. Definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, Tulsa, I don't know what it is about that place when it, in regards to crime. Like, everything I watch, uh, Tulsa's involved, like, crime-wise. If you watch First 48, huge Tulsa thing in that. Like uh, they, one of the one of the cities that they focus on in the first forty eight lately has been Tulsa, and then when you watch uh, uh, live PD Thursday and Friday night or Friday and Saturday nights, it's always mm-hmm. like Tulsa's focused in that one. It's one of the cities they're in. It's just like it seems like everything true crime lately has been Tulsa heavy. So it's kind mm-hmm. of now this case isn't recent though. This case is from the 40s, no no no, no. But, it's from the forties. I see what but, you're saying. But Tulsa just has a foothold in true crime for whatever reason is what I'm saying in general. Okay. Making a, they're making a comeback. They're making up for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's dive into it. Let's do it, man. In 1944, Carol Ann Smith, 51 years of age, was living in a stately ivy-covered duplex at 10 East 21st Street with 31-year-old Virginia Evans and 30-year-old Willetta Horner who were hexed into turning over every cent from their day jobs to her. Evans said she was hypnotized or mesmerized by the older woman, while Horner said she and Miss Smith had a mother-daughter relationship. Either way you put it, it seems we have a real she-spengali on our hands. This has been your intro, and I'm my... You might not think the hexes are real 
to you they may not be such a big deal If you prefer evidence, something you can see and feel Then you're not considering all the ways there are to kill Her husband, he chose suicide, her father just couldn't pull through The maid hit by a car, and yes, the driver died too you might not think the hexes are real Neither do I, but I find it intriguing still How one can control another, tell them what to say and feel I hope you understand there are many ways to kill There are many ways to kill. All right, our case this week is the Tulsa Hex House. And there's a woman who would become the center of this case. Um, and then it became, like like uh, like Maddie said, a form of folklore. And like it would, think it would live on and kind of like paranormal-ish as well. This yeah. site of this, of this Hex House is still talked about. In Tulsa, and every year, like it's basically the center uh, based off of uh, based off this case, they have a, uh, a this known as the world's scariest haunted house. Supposedly, at least that's their claims, right? You know. And now this haunted house is very loosely based off of this case, though. Yeah. I mean, they've added a lot of stuff. It's it's not like the house itself was haunted, right? Um, it's just some creepy things went on there, and there's a lot of there's a lot of speculation to be had, but there is also a lot of evidence and a lot of strange circumstances that are you know kind of hard to explain yeah logically in my opinion yeah to this day the hex house is still a fixture mainly during october as it's now reborn every year as the area's scariest haunted house given the name hex house um you can look up stuff on there's actually more stuff in researching this case about this haunted house than than the case itself there's not a whole lot to study with this case there's some articles uh someone did a someone did a good youtube breakdown of it you can pull that up mm-hmm. if you just look up Tulsa's Hex House. You can find that. So shout out to the to the person that did that. So that was kind of nice to study that because there's just some pictures and then just a general right. breakdown of the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this is just one of those simple cases where you you know you look up some articles and and then we can speculate on it. And uh, right, I like going to Google Street View and going to where the house used to be. It's now a, basically a, just a parking lot, but the stairs, yeah. the stairs. It's creepy that the original stairs are still there. Which there's something. Isn't to, it also kind of weird that the Shriners? built this parking lot and then just you know they kind of left it and then they left the stairs yeah that, that that's like, what not? i mean that's what kind of what added to the mystique of it you know is that they like and like supposedly the basement where some people were held captive somewhat not, not, really, not really captive they weren't being held down there against their will they kind of chose to be down there because they were well they kind of were and they kind of weren't though right they but, did have a hex but, on them allegedly yeah but it was more than a hex it was also blackmail and threats as yeah. well yeah you're right you know what i mean there's a little more than just a hex going on. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to downplay that if if you yeah. believe in that sort of thing. But I'm just saying there was there was more than just a hex. These women were, they had other reasons to not go against uh, Carol Ann Smith, which was yeah. her name. Yeah, but supposedly that the basement is still under that that layer of concrete. They just filled it in with dirt and then put concrete on it. So the basement's still kind of intact, just filled with dirt. Um, That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's like that would be the easiest thing to do, though. It's like why why tear down the basement? You're just gonna have to fill all that space where those concrete walls were in the basement with mm-hmm. dirt. 
So you might as well just leave it. Yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense. It's not like it's they did that shit on purpose or anything. I don't, you know yeah. what I mean? No, no, there was no intent there. Yeah, it's just odd that nothing's been built on it in that long. You know, it was like it was uh, it was torn down and, and that, that parking lot was created in 1975. And still, yeah, like you'd think they'd build something there, but well, maybe it just they adds the to it. Lot. it. Just adds to it. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Well, let's start at the beginning. It all started way back during World War II um, with ration books, believe it or not. That's where this case begins. That's how this yes. person and this house was discovered. During World War II, each family received a ration book, which allowed you to purchase sugar, meat, cooking oil, cooking oil, and canned goods. It's kind of perfect for what's going on right now. It seems like we're not too far away from ration books if this coronavirus keeps spinning it's looking spiraling like it, out of control. It? Now, see, at this time, they were rationing for the troops, though, pretty much. Yeah, well, yeah, they... You know, for for the armed forces, they wanted to make sure they had enough to mm-hmm. eat and drink during the war, so, you know, they yeah. asked that c- civilians would cut back. Mm-hmm. Um, when you bought an item being rationed, you turned in a stamp. Once you ran out of stamps, you needed to wait until the next month for more. Um, the government determined how many... Uh, the number of stamps you received based off your household size... Um, and much like taxes, if one lied to the government about how many dependents they had or how many rations books their quote-unquote family required, it was not taken lightly. Um, however, 51-year-old Carol Ann Smith played by her own rules and ordered eight ration books essentially for herself. And she would use bogus names and also family members that were no longer around and even a mm-hmm. dog. Uh, that even she... the dog. And the dog, the dog is what she went too far. You know, if she doesn't use the dog, maybe she gets by with it, you know? Oh, you mean her dead family members aren't, is not okay? Yeah. That's okay to do? I think that's, I think that's fairly okay. But with the dog, I think it was just, they just went too far, you know? Yeah, but Bon Bon, seemed... Bon Bon is at least yeah. around to eat some of the rations as opposed to the, the dead family members. What was his name? Bon Bon Smith? What'd you put on the ration book? I want to know what was on there. Yeah. You know? bon, I think they put, she put Bonnie and it was, she was alluding to the fact that Bonnie was her daughter. But it was really Bon Bon. The uh, was it? It was a bulldog, I, th- I believe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so unfortunately for Carol Ann, the federal crime, uh, this federal crime came to the attention of authorities who raided Smith's home. So yeah, feds went to the local police in Tulsa and said, "Hey, we believe this this woman's uh, doing fraud. She's saying she has uh, all these dependents that she needs ration books right. for, and she's living alone." From what we've heard, basically some elementary school kids ratted her out because you had to well, go to you had to go to the elementary mm-hmm. school to collect your ration books. And when they started asking around about this woman who's getting eight ration books, uh, people started saying, "Oh, we know. We it seems like she lives alone in that that duplex over there." Right, so, but but didn't she have? A young boy that she took in just before this, he was like 11, 10 or 11. I didn't hear anything think, about that. Yeah, there's pictures of it. There's pictures of her standing with those the two the two women that she kept in the basement. Mm-hmm. And then she also has um, the nurse who we'll later talk about or yeah. the live-in maid. Mm-hmm. And then also there was a young boy in the picture. And he looked, in my opinion, he looked to be... I would say elementary, maybe middle school age hmm. at most. I would say 11 to 12, 13, maybe at the most. And I think that she kept up this little family uh, shenanigans or whatever during right. this time. Yeah. To she, try to to try to get by with it. She may have even sent him to the school to get the rations. Yeah, I think that's probably maybe what his that's use why. was. Maybe it was just some local boy <clears throat> that she had kind of... That could have been the same boy that ratted her out, you know. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. He could have told his friends or, you know, maybe friends were asking around and yeah, who knows? So the authorities are, are brought onto this figure and they would, they would go raid her house. And, uh, but Carol Ann Smith was born Opal Marie Carey in Indianapolis, Indiana, sometime around 1893. She had had a husband who we will talk about because it's a little, little curious how he, he, uh, perished. Um, yes, it is. But for now, the, the police would raid her home on 10 East 21st Street, which opened up a much larger can of worms. They went there thinking, you know, fraud for these uh, these books. And mm-hmm. when they got in the house and started looking around, they discovered there was much more to this story than, than just uh, fraud. Uh, her large duplex home contained two, $250 silverware set, a, par- a, a Packard car, 46 pairs of shoes, 18 pairs of gloves, 26 hats, and makeup galore, enough makeup to fill an aisle of a department store pretty much um which that sound that sound that doesn't sound too crazy today but in the, in the 40s during world war ii when things are so bad you're rationing food you know right that's she excessive. was living large essentially like 46 pairs of shoes 46 pairs of shoes yeah she had like Jesus. really fancy car and all this stuff and she didn't have a job you know so it was kind of odd and then in the basement is where they really found something odd they found two women uh, that appeared to almost be in prison. They were living under horrid conditions. They had been beaten, starved, and treated inhumanely, all while Smith was upstairs living a lavish lifestyle. Um, and they were actually working day jobs. And the police would come to find out that they were bringing home their paychecks and giving every penny of it to Carol Ann, who was then making them live uh, like peasants down below the house in the basement. They had, mm. Their only heat was from the pilot light on the furnace. Um Yes. Yeah, because a guy came to repair the furnace, right? And he's like, yeah. "I got this pilot light needs to be put out for four hours. And they were like, oh, please hurry, because that's our only form of heat. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and and their, uh, their, their beds were basically made of orange crates. They were living on basically on boxes is what they were sleeping on. Um, mm. And after further investigation, the police would find out that the two women had been living under occult or hypnotic conditions for seven years. The women were Virginia Evans, who was 31 years old, and Willetta Horner, who was 30. Um, they claimed that Smith had hexed them into turning all of their money into her. So uh, Carol Ann was t- 51. She was 20 years older than these two and had some sort of a... She'd put some sort of spell over these two girls and convinced them that if they did what Carol Ann said and they suffered, that there was some sort of payment in the afterlife, right? Is that what the sense you got from this? Um, yeah, she kind of used a mix of, I would say... A little bit of Christianity, a little bit of voodoo, um, a little bit of Bible. The, the scriptures, I think, were really what got these women on board. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they even said that in the interviews. They said everything she said, she had a scripture or a chapter or something to back this up. Isn't that what's convenient you, about the Bible? That's pretty much dude, the, the, the book on the Bible is that you can find a scripture in there or, or, or a quote from it that'll pretty much match up to right. anything you want to believe. It'll back you right. up. Right, and it's... And it's easy to take that and then interpret it how mm-hmm. you want or twist it or maybe add a little bit of this, add a little bit of that, a little bit of speculation mm-hmm. and put your own will and your own spin on it. That's, And I, I think that's mainly what she was doing. But I think there was also, there was also some, some kind of blackmail going on as well. I think she either had maybe these women, pictures of these women doing something or... I don't know. It just seems like there was a little bit more than that to keep them in there and to keep them that obedient. Right. 
You know, they obviously weren't happy with their living conditions. When they went to work each day, why come home? Exactly. You know, there's they had just plenty something... of a chances to escape. Right. Right. And it didn't seem like Carol Ann was too too stressed about it. I mean, she's she's at home living lavish, going shopping, doing what she's doing. It's not like she's keeping an eye on them, making sure that... And then maybe she picked them up from work, took them and picked them up. But still, I mean, you can leave. Right. You can run away. I mean, it's better than the conditions you're living in. Yeah. I don't know. Well, Carol Ann had met uh, Virginia, the uh, 31-year-old, at a Christian science bookstore in 1937. They hit it off. Uh, she invited her to, to move in with her. Um, and then she, uh, Carol Ann had struck up a relationship with Willetta at a grocery store before inviting her to move in as well. Now, Willetta had had a rough past and a rough childhood, and I guess that was uh, part of the means that Carol Ann used to get on the same level as her, kind of sympathized with her and everything, invited her to live with her. And from there, things progressed, and she started... It is much like you said, like Dorothy Puente, where she she saw opportunities in in people to victimize them and take everything they have uh, just for yeah. her own gain. Like it was very financially motivated, it seemed. And she must have some sort of charm, some sort of way yeah. of speaking to people at the beginning, mm-hmm. something that that set her apart. And also, this is the this is like you said during World War II, where I think uh, she had this grand image, you know. She had, she wore fancy clothes and drove a fancy car and I see what you're saying. So she had also, the appearance of success yeah, and stability. Yeah. In a time when no one else really did. Gave her more clout right. and made it her e- easier to believe the things she said because look at her, she's doing well type of thing. Exactly. <clears throat> um, Smith forced them to sleep on cots in the basement, keeping them locked below while Evans said uh, Smith hypnotized and mesmerized her. Horner stated that uh, she and Smith had a mother-daughter relationship. So they were they were truly believing in the, the fact that uh, that uh, Carol Ann was doing what was best for them. They were f- fully bought into that idea, mm-hmm. um, and and well into and in their thirties too. You know, these are adults. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then she met them, you know, seven years before. So they're in their twenties. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I know they're in their early twenties, but you know, where were they living? What were they doing? It had to have been better. It, it, it had to have been a very gradual change, is what I'm saying, to get to where they are at right. this point in the you story. You don't think the night that they that uh, Carolyn let them move in, that the first night was like, all right, strip all your shit, you're going to the basement where it's cold, and you're exactly. getting slopped to eat, and that's it. Right. This had to be some sort of slow process Yeah. that happened here. Yep. Um, <clears throat> after their rescue, the women recalled being subject subjected to a purification ritual with a promise of reward at the end, neither ever elaborated on what said reward entailed. Um, and uh, yeah, like we speculated, it was maybe something to do with getting into heaven or the afterlife, um, and that they had to pay yeah. their dues now uh, during their, their life on earth. Um, how could yep. Carol Ann afford all of this stipend made up of what Evans and Horner turned over to her was a question that uh, police still had. It's like they were making modest means at their day jobs, and yet she's Carol Ann. If that's all the money she's getting is their two, their two uh, pay, you know, their their two paychecks, then there's there's got to be something more to this. And when they started diving in, they would find out that uh, Carol Ann had taken out life insurance policies in the past on multiple family members, and even her maid just before they died from mysterious circumstances. So it seems as though we have a serial killer on our hands here, and when they start looking into it. Um, because Smith's husband allegedly committed suicide by gun to the head in 1934, about 10 years before mm-hmm. the police raided her house in the fraud. Um, 
And this provided her with the largest insurance policy that she had collected from different members uh, of her family, $31,000, which in today's dollars would approximately be $450,000. So her husband... Oh, that's that's insane. That's probably what she bought this house with, because not long after that is when she moved, right? Because right. she met the girls in 37. So that's that's how she bought the house. She the had car, a house with her with her husband, right? Shit. And then her husband dies. Right. He kills himself, allegedly. She had supposedly been talking to him, getting in his head, talking about suicide, like all the time. And so I heard something about the suicide. There was a, a stick that was used on the trigger, which is yes. very weird. You know, some sort Super of a twig strange. was used for the trigger. So that's that's right. odd because he, because he supposedly used a shotgun. Yeah. So. Um, which which is long and it's hard mm. to do yourself. Which is the whole toe on the trigger type of toe on the trigger. Yeah, um, yeah. That's so that's so creepy, man. The yeah. Way that the way all that played out. I mean, if he took his own life, she definitely had something to do with it. She was, mm-hmm. she was pushing that. Yeah, and so the yeah, like, as you mentioned, right after that, uh, her husband's passing. The she moved to this duplex, this large, beautiful duplex. But it was it was also due to the land. I think the the home that they had been in before they were renting, and the landlord did not trust her or like her, and basically kicked her out after the husband was gone, and that's why she was forced to move, um, and would end up spending the next ten years in this duplex. And odd things would continue to happen at her next place. But also, her father died in, of uh, mysterious circumstances. There's not much detail on that, but she collected his life insurance policy, and also her yeah, maid, well- her maid. This is one of the creepiest parts of the story. What were you going to say? Right. I was just going to say with her father, what she had done was her father was getting up in age, Mm -hmm. right? So she went to visit him. I can't recall exactly where he was living. I want to say it was somewhere near Florida. Mm -hmm. I might be. Oh, that's right. She went to visit him and bring him him back, right? To live with her and he never made it. He never made it. Just all of a sudden, she goes and visits him. And then next thing we know, he's dead. Yeah, and she's got the and life insurance she, policy in her and name. And then she's headed, yeah, and then she's headed back to Tulsa with the life insurance policy. Right. That is so sketch. Yeah. And so not even a year within a year of living at the duplex in uh in Tulsa, uh, something very odd happens with her maid. She has this maid, which is kind of odd that she even has a maid, you know, in the first place. Not having a job and whatnot, but I it's, she, she got so much in life insurance money that she she has to have this lavish lifestyle, but one year into living in the duplex, her maid is seen running out of the house screaming, um, runs down those stairs that we briefly mentioned uh, that are still sitting there on this this property to this day, and into the street before being struck by a car and later dying in the hospital. Her name was Beulah Walker. Um, that was the maid that was mis- died of this mysterious like what what happened that caused her to run out screaming and get run hit out by a car. Screaming. Right. Do you think that's just happenstance or maybe she told her this, this was an order or maybe she witnessed something and just couldn't handle it? If I had to guess, yeah, just, if I just had to throw some shit at the wall, I would say that Carol Ann attempted to kill her. She had gotten, she had obtained a lot. We know she obtained a life insurance policy on, on the maid before this. And I think right. she was trying to kill Beulah. She'd either drugged her or she tried to just straight out kill her outright Physically, you think she physically sort of tried weapon. to kill her, and Beulah, running for her life, ran down the stairs and was so freaked out that she didn't look for traffic and got struck by a car. And then, what's even crazier is that allegedly, you know, a lot of this stuff's muggy about this because this is so long ago in the '40s and whatnot, and we don't have much mm-hmm. to go off. But 
supposedly the driver of that car was then also died right after that of mysterious circumstances. Like there's this whole <laughs> web of just like, it, it, it's a little yeah. bit like Johnny Gosh, you know, like when you, when you dive deep, it's just like people just kept dying, disappearing that were close to this person. Right. Yeah. It, that, that's where like the hex stuff comes in. I yeah. think that's where it's, it's kind of hard to explain. It's like, how would that guy die? Did she know who he was? Did she track him down? You know, was he was he interviewed for newspapers? Was he going to be a witness to was he, to some sort of crime that supposedly she had committed? Was she worried about that, like him standing right, being on the on did, the stand in trial or something? Right. Did the girl actually run out screaming, or did she? Because I seen some articles. Or was that Carol Ann chasing her? Yeah, exactly. And I seen some articles where it basically said that she walked out into traffic. Like, mm-hmm. was she made as a punishment? You know, walk out into the road and stand there, or or you don't. I mean, I it would be hard for a car to hit you just standing there. I would right. think a typical driver would be like, okay, what's this person doing standing in the road? Especially in the forties, there's no texting or anything. Like right, that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Tulsa wasn't the 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 you know the populated city that it is today. Then yeah. I'm sure it was a more populous city, but you know, right. I just it just it just seems so so fishy to me, man. And then for this guy, the only other witness. To what happened, he's gone. So now it's Carol Ann's word against nobody's. Yeah, it's like whatever she says happened is what happened. Yeah, and and obviously nothing further was really investigated to do with that, except uh, by the insurance company. I think the insurance company, when they did their investigation, they decided to not pay out uh, Carol Ann for that one. So she she definitely didn't didn't make out as far as that's concerned. Thankfully, you know she'd gotten enough insurance money from people, but. Why would they pay her for her maid dying? I don't understand how you can even take out a life insurance policy on your maid like that. And then you're like, right, she dies in such a mysterious way like that where she runs in front of traffic screaming from your house, the person who owns the insurance policy or, is, or who's yeah, the beneficiary of it. I think she claimed that she was her daughter or something. Did she not? She she had some reason for taking out this insurance policy and then they found out that she was basically a live-in, a live-in maid. Yeah, servant, and they were like, "Well, you're not qualified to to take out this insurance policy." It's it's really quite amazing that it took so long for authorities to to catch on to to this person. Like she'd gotten away with insurance fraud how many times and mysterious deaths ar- surrounding her, and of course well, it's it the took privilege that she scamming the government. Time, it man. took scamming the government, not insurance companies, but scamming the government. Of course, uh, for these <laughs> for these ration books, that's what got her caught was not was not murdering allegedly murdering her family members for insurance policies, but uh, the ration books. As I would say, pay your taxes because that's, that's, that's what got uh, Capone caught, right? It was was tax fraud. That's right. If anybody's going to get you, it's going to be the government. Yeah. You got that right. They take that shit serious. You can kill whoever you want. Just make sure you're not <laughs> <shit> the government. <laughs> Isn't that easy? Just kill whoever you want. Just, don't, just make sure you pay your taxes just, after. Just don't, just don't, just, yeah, just pay your taxes, okay? <laughs> Yeah. So aside, <laughs> aside from living off insurance money and the cash brought in by her living uh, slaves, essentially, Smith also maintained a long distance scheme that milked her, uh, milked the father of one of the women that she was had in the basement um, of a bunch of money. So Virginia Evans' father kept a correspondence with Carol Ann, in which Carol Ann managed to pry seventeen thousand dollars out of him. So Virginia Evans' father was very wealthy, and Carol Ann knew this, um, and she basically convinced 
convince Virginia Evans' father that his daughter was very ill and that she was taking care of her and she needed money in order to properly care for her. And $17,000 later, you know, the father still didn't know the wiser. Yeah, but she paid for that, though. She actually got convicted of that. Yeah. I think. That is one of the few things she answered for. Yeah, but only because the the government came and discovered all this was going on. The dad still didn't know the wiser until everything came to light. Right, right, exactly. Um, Before police had ever entered the Hex house, Smith's neighbors reported seeing strange burials performed late at night as well as hearing strange growls and screams in the night, which kind of adds to the creep factor of this this place still to this day like these just odd happenings now that the the burials late in the night what it would come to be was a little more benign and not to me it's just kind of like yeah who kind of hasn't buried a a pet at some point Mm -hmm. you know um former tenants because basically what we would find out is that the uh the burials were dogs there was a couple of but the the coffin thing was kind of strange I was about to say, why why do you put them in a coffin though? Yeah, that, they found two seems... dogs that were buried and they were put in coffins. One was like a cardboard coffin legend, which is basically sounds like a box, like a cardboard box, which I kind of I kind of get it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like, a, like actually putting your dog in a coffin and then burying that, like to me that is actually le- it's almost gives her some humanity. It's like you loved your dog so much, you you put him in a coffin. You know what I mean, like. Or maybe that was part of the ritual. Maybe she wanted to preserve maybe. the body in the ground for a little while longer, or, yeah. or maybe the dogs were killed a certain for a certain reason, a certain way. Because it's always dogs, plural. And right? it's not even clear if they were killed. It it says like it, in articles, it does say why were they buried like this and why were they killed in the first place. And it's like they could have just. I mean, when, sometimes dogs die and then you bury them. You know, maybe they weren't killed. But she was there for. What seven eight years? Yeah. I mean, how many dogs do you have die in eight years? I mean, most dogs, even big dogs, live ten plus years. Yeah. I mean, typically, if I don't know, maybe Bonbon bon was on to her and she was worried about him going to the authorities. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe Bonbon's the one that ratted her out. She's like, I don't need a ration. I have plenty of dog food. Right. There's something strange going on here. <laughs> uh, this part kind of creeped me out a little bit. Uh, the former tenants of the other half of the duplex, so they shared this duplex with people at different times. Um, and I think this is an attempt by Carol Ann to get these people out of here. Um, and it was confirmed by Virginia and Willetta of their behavior at the time, messing with these tenants that lived in the same building um, at one point, a former tenant said that he was lured around by Virginia and Willetta uh, around the building to the, their side of the duplex. And when he got down there to, you know, at the base of the building, uh, they dumped boiling water on him from uh, an upper story window, which that's is insane. just horrifying. How is that not reported to the police? First of all, like, that's like a violent crime. Seriously. And also, like they they were starting fights with tenants that were shared the duplex with them for no apparent um, reason. On it's, the regular, it's not like this was a domestic disturbance, and they were like, "Hey, sh- shut up, or your no. dog shitting on my lawn." Totally unprovoked. No, it was just yeah, it was just whatever. Totally unprovoked. Yeah, that does seem yeah. strange. And it had to, and and they 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 would confirm with police that these things did happen when these stories came out from former tenants, and they said that they basically they were they were led to do this by Carol Ann, who was telling them to do these things. And you have to think it was because Caroline probably wanted the whole building to herself. You know, she was trying to get rid of these people living on the other side. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You need less people onto you as possible. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, so we mentioned the coffins with the dogs. One coffin was made of cardboard. The other was buried five feet deep in the ground, and it contained the remains of her beloved Bonbon. Mm. Um, that's quite a ways to bury a dog and put him in a coffin. That's like full-on human treatment. Well, she wasn't digging it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, them girls were digging that. Oh, it cannot see her out there in a fur coat digging a hole no. for Bonbon. She had she those... probably standing there drinking wine, watching the... Watching Carolina and Virginia. Yeah, with her mink mink scarves. She had like multiple dead minks for scarves. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Look her up. She's very like, reminds me of Carilla DeVille or something. Yeah. (laughs) I think she even drove a similar car. Yes. (laughs) She did, didn't she? (laughs) She That's a good point. Yeah. Um, As if the scene needed any more outrageous props, authorities also found a treasure trove of books on witchcraft and ritual magic. And that's where a lot of the uh, cult stuff mm-hmm. came to the, the media at this point is eating this this story up you know you got this this odd situation with two women being enslaved in the basement of this home and then they're finding all this occult stuff and then in the 40s that had to have been just like so out there you know oh you know it dude and it and it and i think that also gives a little insight into how she had this control over people because a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. wasn't as understood as it is now you know, right. there wasn't there wasn't the internet. You couldn't go and do your own research. So you you meet this woman who seems very successful. She has her shit together, and this is how she does it, right? That's what she tells you. I, I study in the occult. I follow these rules. I do this. I do that. And yeah. it seems like and if you and if you listen to me and you and you be and you uh, follow what I tell you to do, you can get the same exactly. stuff. And that's why they were exactly not against their will. They were they were basically choosing to follow what she said and live in this cold basement and eventually they were hoping to get some sort of payment right, out of it. Right, they're going to live in paradise forever. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. On top of these books, the police found handwritten journal entries about Smith's belief in controlling the human mind through witchcraft. These belongings and Evans' claim of being hypnotized by Smith gave weight to the idea that she was some sort of a she Svengali, which is kind of her nickname, the she Svengali yeah. of Tulsa. <laughs> it's kind of a cool nickname, if I'm being honest. It is kind of tight. It's a cool nickname. <clears throat> terrible woman. Yeah. Cool nickname, though. <laughs> <laughs> one of one of the most curious parts of the every report about Smith's surroundings uh, is the detail of a shocking discovery made at the Hex House, which just kind of adds to the allure because we don't know what the shocking discovery was. There's, uh, I hated that. There's speculation that it's sexually related. I kind of like it, though, because <clears throat> then we can just speculate, like, what the hell was oh, it? I just wanted um, some more hints, you know? Yeah. The Tulsa World reported the discovery quote, tends to bear out the sex angle, quote, uh, end quote, but never quite hashed out what that might mean. It is possible that the police found a primitive sex toy among Smith's personal items. Yeah. We were talking about this before the show, and we're like, what if it was just like a dildo? Right. And that was just so taboo back in the 40s. all sex toys be primitive <laughs> sex toys in the 40s? I mean. Yeah. What, what, what did a 1944 sex toy she, look like? Was it just like a. She whittled down the leg of a chair or something? I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I have no idea, man. Who knows? Who knows what this was? Yeah, but it definitely—I I liked that part. Just the, the weirdness it of it. Seems to bear out the was. sex angle. I, it might have just been too, quote unquote, graphic. You know, for a newspaper. Yeah. You know, it would have just been too much. It wouldn't have been allowed at that time to even be spoken. You know, and maybe right. it was just lost to history before it. We reached a point where that could be discussed. I don't know. Right. Have you ever seen the movie Burn After Reading? Mm. God, a long time ago. It has ago. George Clooney George and Clooney, Brad Pitt. Yes. 
bro, dude. Oh my <laughs> just, gosh. I just flash back to the scene and they, through the whole time, like George Clooney is this kind of like private character, right? And like he, there's something he's like, you see like sparks flying in his basement and he's building something. And you're like, what the fuck is he building down there? And then it finally it like reveals what he's been building and it's this like sex toy, like this chair you sit on and then you pedal and this dildo goes back. <laughs> 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 movie is just so ridiculous. I just had this like image of that. They, this is their shocking discovery they made, dude. You know, in this house is something similar. to I that. just realized that that's where Mac probably got it from on Always Sunny. Oh yeah, the bike. Remember the, the bike? He's like, no, no, no. It's a workout <laughs> yeah. bike. It's it's it. It's like, but what's with the dildo on the? <laughs> no, you don't understand. It's like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, it's God. always sunny. It's just ridiculous. Dude, season 14's out. Have you been watching it? Totally yeah, sm- yeah, short have, tangent. Actually. I'm on like episode three. I don't feel like it's quite as good as it used to be, but you know, it's still um, still sunny. What so. the, the thing I don't like is I you can tell that they're so immersed in Hollywood culture now. It's like every one of their episodes is something that they probably think is very important to be discussed mm-hmm. because of the culture around Hollywood and movie making and things. But to us, mm-hmm. it's not as relatable. Like as right. as were the first thirteen seasons, it was just petty everyday shit, and then and then you have yes. this gang, very Seinfeld. Yes, where it's yes, like, it's a show about nothing. They're they're all bad people, but you're like, you know, you want to hang out with them at the same time, right? Right. At the same time, they're doing shit. It's like, I wonder what would happen if I did this, you know? But this new season is it's very, uh, it's like justice Hollywood justice warrior ish. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. So it's still funny, but. Not as relatable. Yeah, they're trying to they're 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 doing the South Park thing where they're trying to cover like a social issue each episode and make it seem ridiculous. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, it's still funny though. I'm still gonna hang in there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. All right. Um, back to the story. <laughs> it's kind of wrapping up here. So yeah, they find this 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 odd thing that we'll never know what it was. So we can just speculate that it's maybe like a uh, a Mac bike. You know. Yeah. Who knows? Could have been. <laughs> um. <laughs> Tulsa police would ultimately charge Smith with a number of illicit actions. Um, she received a year in prison for telling the women uh, what to say at trial for uh, defrauding Evans's father across state lines and making false claims to obtain ration books. So she basically got a slap on the wrist. She received one year in prison. Yeah. Um, upon her release, she was lost to history. Carol Ann Smith was never heard from again. It's speculated that she changed her identity. I don't think that was her identity um, in the I'm, first place. I don't think that was her real I, name. I agree. I don't, yeah, I don't think we ever really knew even who this woman that really was. That name is so basic. With. Yeah. Um, and after, after uh, Smith's case came to an end, Hex House became the place kids in Tulsa went to to get creeped out until it was torn down in 1975, where the house once stood has now been turned into a parking lot. However, the stairs still remain that that made ran down before being struck by a car. And now there's, as we mentioned, uh, one of the world's scariest quote unquote, uh, haunted house is based off of the hex right. house. It doesn't, Tulsa, it does not so. sit on the parking lot, which would be cool. No, no, uh, no, no. It should though. Wouldn't that would be, way, be better? way better? It's a perfect spot. It's a fucking it parking really lot. Is. Like that's where you put haunted houses. And, and I looked at quite a few Google images and I never seen any cars there. Maybe one, you know what I mean? It's like right. how often. Exactly. It's just an empty it's lot, not right? Even, With like three three stairs going up right it's it. not even that well maintained like the parking lot's all cracked and i don't know yeah. if i don't know what they're using it for i think there's a is there a park across the street or something i think there's something across the street 
that you could walk to. I think it's a park yeah. or some sort of sports complex or something. I can't remember on, on Google Maps, but if you go check it out. So I'm guessing that's the only time it gets used. Um, you got to put that. You got to put that haunted house on the hex house property, though, on that lot, dude. That's that would just make it so much. It better. It seems like a big ordeal now, though, because that house is so popular. Like you said, when you when you Google hex house, f- fuck Carol Ann Smith. All you find out is the damn haunted house. That's that's all you're gonna yeah. find. Like you have to you gotta you gotta type in her name and dig a little deeper to find this story. Even yeah, I mean, if this thing ever blows up. Big enough to where we can do tours and stuff. We got to we got to go to Tulsa during Halloween season and go to the Hex House. Yeah, and then or we could do a show from the parking lot. Yeah, <laughs> park we do park the touring creep yeah. van in the parking lot and do a show. Yes. <laughs> We're right. live from the Hex House. Property. Oh, dude, how cool would that be? That would be awesome. Right. One can dream. That's right. right. That we could get out of our normal nine dude, to five. Who and knows, man? Live that I, life. I, I never thought I'd be doing a podcast that. You know, helps me pay bills for three plus years. Yeah. I mean, you never know where you're going to be. You never know where you're going to be. No doubt. You don't know what the future holds. That's right. Coronavirus could end this whole thing for That's us. That's right. Maybe maybe podcasting is all we have. Maybe we can't go to work. And so we just put out tons right. and tons of content. Maybe it's the coronavirus yeah. is helping us be successful at podcasting. There's definitely people that are benefiting from it. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. The NFL, uh, the NFL just had. I just saw this morning that the uh, NFLPA agreed to the uh, CBA agreement that's been debated, and uh, you know, top end players have been saying it's crap and all that stuff. But the players got afraid of what the future holds with coronavirus, so they decided just to sign a ten year contract with the NFL. So there will be no uh, lockout or holdout for a while in the NFL. The players have agreed. Mm-hmm to the terms of the deal. And I think that was really brought on by the coronavirus. They were afraid of like, well, if we don't sign this deal, the next deal is probably going to be worse. You know, so Mm. they've benefited. Dana White decided to continue on with their schedule of fights that went on. They were the only live sporting event that happened yesterday, pretty much, was uh, UFC fight night. I actually watched it. There was just an empty crowd. You know, the fighters were in a cage and there was no, no crowd there, no noise. It was in Brazil. And Dana's basically said, we're going to do our next three four shows as planned it's just they just changed the venue and they're basically fans aren't allowed there so isn't that weird he knows that all eyes are going to be on his his uh, organization now the ufc because they're going to be putting out the only live shit to watch from a sporting standpoint well, what do you think about what do you think about that like because i saw some basketball games that were played with nobody in the arenas there were like a few right yeah. at the end right some that were like too late to stop i guess is what you would mm-hmm. call it quote unquote i don't think yeah. any sporting event is too late to stop but whatever um, but yeah, they, how do you think that affects the players and stuff? I think that would be awful. Like imagine you're playing at home, man, that really evens the playing field for the visiting team. Oh, you no got- doubt. I think, I think, I think, uh, I think it, everything that's happened is, is, is right. I, I get why Dana did it because UFC, it's, it's, it's kind of a different animal. You know what I mean? It's the fighters, they've all said they want to, they want to fight that they, they're dependent on their income a lot more than say the NBA players or the NFL players right, or right. the NHL and the team, you also take the team aspect out. There's no locker room. There's not like, you're not directly touching the same, like basketball. They're passing that ball around. If one player, like the, the player on the Utah jazz had it now, another player from the Utah jazz has mm-hmm. it. Uh, they're passing that ball around. Like they're in the same locker room. They're on the same court or field or whatever together with each exactly. other. Exactly. In the UFC, it's like one one person. They do their training camp. They they go in. They fight one other person. And if there's no crowd there, they're not exposed as much as the right. team thing, where you're traveling together and all that. And stuff. you know, so all the fighters are tested beforehand. They're not going in yeah. testing positive for the coronavirus. So yeah, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, I get it. 
that makes sense. And I'm happy to be able to watch some, something. There's there's like there's all these videos out now of like college kids in dorms. They're they're betting on uh, simulations from video games. Like they'll bet on the computer playing itself oh. in, in NBA, yeah. 2K, or like Madden. Yeah, <laughs> just pick two teams. Why not? Right? Watch them play each other. The computer. It's kind of yeah. funny, dude. I used to do that when Madden first came out. I used to like sim the Super Bowl. You know, just to, yeah. I would sim it a just couple times. Watch it, watch it play yeah. out. Yeah, watch it play out once and then sim it maybe a couple times and just see how see what Madden watch says. Watch Pat Mahomes break our heart again in, in uh, computer form. <laughs> just what because you know Pat Mahomes is like fucking ninety nine everything. I'm sure. On uh, yeah, oh yeah, he's unreal. Yeah, well, I mean, he is yeah. though. He's a freak of nature, to be honest. He's yeah, no doubt about it. He's a he's just got football instincts, man. He does. Yep. All right. Well, you know. There is a coronavirus out there, but also you can walk around smelling good at the same time. That's right, dude. You can. You don't you don't have to smell like you have the coronavirus at least. No. You know? Thanks to Oh My Gaia. Thanks to Oh My Gaia. And Oh My Gaia is an innovative all-natural deodorant, fragrance, and beard oil company specializing in paraben and aluminum-free products. Their innovative line of deodorants inhibit the growth of odor-causing bacteria while maintaining effectiveness. At Oh My Gaia, they use only all-natural paraben and aluminum-free organic ingredients. And like Lauren said, you don't have to go around smelling like the coronavirus. You can smell like vanilla or cherry almond or sandalwood or Egyptian musk or dreamsicle or leather or lumberjack. There's, there's got to be something that you would rather smell like, right? Or you could smell like true crime pine, which is our custom scent made by Oh My Gaia. And you guys can get true crime pine or any scent you desire for 15% off just because you are a, you are a true crime guys listener by using the word creeper, C-R-E-E-P-E-R, and you can get 15% off your order at ohmygaia.com, O-H-M-Y-G-A-I-A.com, or at shop underscore ohmygaia on Instagram. Thanks, guys. Yeah, and, and yeah, and uh, Wendy and Oh My Guy has been with us, You guys, as you guys know, that have been longtime listeners. She's been with us forever. Yeah. Supported us from the from the early days, yep. man. So we definitely love. When we was nobody's. Love repping the oh my guy. That's right. Yeah, she put trust in us when other sponsors wouldn't. And that's why we've ridden with her for so long. We give her an unreal rate for advertising, which you know, just it's we, we like helping that's out. What we do, and uh, she helps us out, and it, it's a great relationship. So let's let's keep it going. Definitely go buy some oh my guy products if you want to help out Hell the yeah. show. Two two small businesses helping each other out, man. That's what it's about. Yeah. Yep. All right. Anything else? You got right some on. shout outs? Oh, oh yeah, we got to do shout-outs, man. What am I doing? I'm oh, slacking over man. here. Oh, man. What are we going to do now? Got to find that, something. That, that lady with the toilet paper would be disappointed. Oh, so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Get your shit together, Lord. We got a, yeah, we got a couple right. more uh, reviews lately, I've noticed. Some pretty good ones. Yeah. You know, they slow down when we, when we take a week off or so, but it's always good to see new ones. Let's see what we got here. Uh, let's see what's up to Jordan Bear uh, in the U.S. and Joe Negron in the U.S. as well. Uh, so just found this podcast a month ago uh, and loving it. Keep it keep it up, guys. Uh, yeah, just a few from last yeah. week. Okay, you got any from other countries? Is that all the new ones? No, it's all the new ones. I, I don't know what I'm looking at. You might have more. If you you might be able to find more, you always seem to find. I'm always looking at the wrong. Yeah, thing. let me see what we got in Canada here. Canada, Detroit Wingman. Did we shout it out him? Five stars? Detroit Wingman? So. He says, a uh, little bit of everything. These two guys do great research and are honest with their opinions on the creeps they report on. 
Fair enough. I like it. Right on. Uh, yeah, if nothing, we're honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we try to be. <laughs> Maybe a little too genuine, a little too honest sometimes. But All right. Well, guys, we thank you for the reviews. If you go and you leave a five-star review and you actually write something, it lets us know, and then we can give you a shout-out. Or if you like, you can just go click five stars. But obviously, we can't see those names when that occurs. So, Yeah, if you don't want to write anything, just put something. Just put a, a fire emoji, an exclamation point, yeah. something, so you can get a shout-out. That's out. right. That's right, man. Oh, also check us out on social media, True Crime Guys at Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Also, True Crime Cli- True Crime Guys Closed Group on Facebook. Um, I think it's over 1,000 members now, man. Pretty dope. Unreal. If you want to go on there and talk about true crime with fellow true crime listeners, people who are very you know involved in the culture and won't judge you for your, your weird memes that you can't share with your family, whatever, that's the place yep. to do it. Uh, what else we got? We got Redbubble. Redbubble.com. Uh, you can search True Crime Guys there, or at the bottom of every episode, there is a link to merch. Uh, you can see uh, Creeper merch and Galaxy merch as well, which was, you know, when we were doing those Galaxy designs and stuff. All that stuff is still available, as far as I know, on Kin Custom, um, unless they kicked us off their website for some reason that I don't know of. Uh, but it should all still be there. And there's a link at the bottom of every episode, and there's also a link at the bottom of every episode to Oh My Gaia. So you guys have no excuse. Go get all the good stuff. All right, we make it easy. Exactly. All right, anything else, Lauren? All right, guys. Uh, I mean, our Patreon, patreon.com slash guys, Two bucks a month. Gets you a bunch of premium content. It gets you our uh, premium episodes that we do once a month. Mm -hmm. And it also gets you access to Michael's show, Higher Thoughts. That's right. Um, And all kinds of shit on there. So go check that out. More like-minded creepers on there. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, if you have a lo- if you have a small business and you want us to advertise, send us over an email about it. Let us know what you got, and yeah, maybe we can work something out. We give we give uh, good rates to uh, listeners of the show on uh, advertising. That's so right. We we'd like to fill out some advertising on our and show, and it's and it's easier for us to work that way as well. You know, with the through yeah, the networking is. advertising is it's it's great. It is, but it's nice to be able to work directly with small businesses. Cuts out a lot of the middleman. It helps us both out. So yeah. All right, guys. All right, guys. We'll see you next week for another freebie, right? That's right. All right, keep creeping. Keep creeping, guys. True crime, guys. In the desert, we like a mirage. It's okay if you clicked on us because you thought we was true crime garage. Now we ain't mad at you. Sit down, let us talk at you. I'm talking to the creeper army. We out here making murder, get murder, get murder. Crime, 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 crime. In the desert we like a mirage It's okay if you clicked on us Cause you thought we was true crime garage Now we ain't mad at you Sit down let us talk at you I'm talking to the creeper army We out here making better charming